Hello, Emmanuel. This is Pastor Daniel. I am doing something that is uh, a little unconventional. I basically want to do a midweek short, but midweek sermon. Uh, You know, I have been out of the pulpit for quite a while. Maybe I'm just itching too much to to be here to, to speak to you guys, even though this room is empty. Um, yeah, I don't know, but here I am. I just feel like I, 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 I need to say some stuff, not just so much to specifically, you know, Emmanuel, but, um, just in this unique time that we find ourselves in. Uh, I want to call this brief, I guess we can call it a sermon. Uh, I want to entitle it, the church in the image of you. Now the word for church is ecclesia, and it simply means assembly. When you spend time in the New Testament, over and over what you find is the church described as a community, and is a community made up of individuals. We can find this in Acts chapter 11, verse 26, Acts chapter 12, well, maybe almost every chapter in the book of Acts, uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 28. I mean, I could tell dozens of scriptures that describe this and talk about the church this way. This is the way, then, if we are to uh, think about the church, we need to think about the church as a group of people. And we know this. The church is not a building. The church is not a facility. The church is not me. The church is not you. It is essentially impossible to be a part of the church without being a part of the community of Christians. The reasons for this is numerous. I'll try to, uh, you know, stay broad here. The church is intended to be the representation of Jesus on earth, but even more specifically, we are to be the actual presence of Jesus on earth. This is found in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. And as we are, by the the presence of the Spirit, the actual presence in the body of Jesus on earth, something else happens in that we, you and I, and all Christians, especially those in the individual expressions of the local church, wherever they may be found, we are members of one another. Paul is very clear when he says this in Romans chapter 12. He says, So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. We sharpen one another, Proverbs 27, verse 12. We speak truth to one another. Uh, As Proverbs 27, verse 6 says, that faithful are the wounds of a friend. Jesus is perfect. In his person, he alone is completely full and completely controlled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. It is impossible for you or for I to represent him alone. Together, we still can't perfectly represent Jesus, but in our unity, in our multitude of gifts that we bring when we are together, Christ is better represented on earth. That is his design. This season of pandemic has been obviously very difficult as a pastor and 
Emmanuel, as your new pastor, it's been especially difficult since I kind of entered right in the middle of all of this. I've been able to spend time with, with most of you, although there's still some of you that we've, um, you know, maybe have met, but a lot of you still have been un unable to make it regularly out to our Sunday services or midweek gatherings, and of course we all understand why. Um, it's, it's been a hard time, right? It's been a challenging time. But during this pandemic, I'm afraid that, uh, and I've, I think I've seen glimpses of this. I'm not just, again, talking to our church alone. I'm talking not just to our church, but in general here. But yeah, I am talking to us. I'm afraid that the church around the nation after so many months, and almost one year now of pandemic ministry, that we are in danger of entering uh, three different forms of, uh, I don't know, I, we can maybe call it Christianity, but um, that, you know, I don't know how representative this really is of, you know, historic Christianity, but hey, these are unprecedented times. These are the three things that are, I, I think, almost by accident happening in the American church, in much of the American church, especially the evangelical church. It is the Amazon effect on church life, also the echo chamber effect of church participation and also the non-accountability church effect. I'm going to break each of these down for us and walk through some scripture that helps us, you know, guide ourselves through this. The Amazon effect on church life. I think most of us know kind of what I'm trying to say here. I'll give you an example. Just last night, we thought that our, um, our infant, well, he's a year old now, uh, may have had a fever. So there's a Rite Aid just right down the street from me. I go over there, I walk in. I want one of the thermometers that does the forehead, you know, scan. They wanted to charge 60 something dollars for it. It's like, that just seems a little expensive. I pull up my phone, this is 9 p.m., mind you. Pull up my phone, my Amazon app. I find one, even with ex expedited overnight shipping for $25. Basically the same exact thing I'm looking at. So of course, I basically spend you know, half the money, overnight it, and I wake up at seven o'clock in the morning, we have a thermometer on our doorstep, all right? The Amazon effect. We know it, it, it just takes over our shopping experience, right? But this is how, what, what I mean by the Amazon effect on the church. Now most pastors, will not write a book that will become a bestseller. Most pastors' sermons will not be circulated much beyond their local congregation. Most churches in America, the average attendance is about 75 or so. Few churches, the majority, the vast majority of churches never break the 200 mark in attendance. During COVID, the largest churches with the most resources and the most gifted leaders and pastors and teachers uh, with the ability to really have you know, the most high quality equipment and cameras and et cetera, they've seen mass uh, increase in their online viewership of their sermons, of their services and all their other resources. Even though many still watch their own service from their own church from home or even attend in person during the pandemic, uh, it is still easy to turn on, you know, 
YouTube or anywhere else online and pull up that church in whatever state that it's in with uh, your favorite dynamic speaker and listen to also the, just the best worship bands out there. If you want a virtual experience of church, these large churches with the most resources uh, can provide a much better experience than most churches can. Now, nothing's wrong with this. I think that I have my own you know, favorite teachers that I listen to online as well. There's nothing inherently wrong with this. But it can become, uh, do I call it dangerous or just um, maybe more uh, tempting? But maybe it could, there's some danger involved here. Uh, give it enough time if you don't keep a watch on your own heart, especially in COVID when in-person participation can be complicated. Um, listening to these preachers and teachers uh, so much that are just so dynamic and so, uh, 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 you know, almost larger-than-life personalities, and there's, there's quite a few out there, right? Uh, it can really make you feel like your local church may be somewhat uh, lackluster as compared to that megachurch in Southern California or in Florida, right? This is the Amazon effect. It's, it can become in place at this point. It may seem innocent enough, as we said, but when that becomes a replacement for your participation in your local church body, um, that's uh, the Amazon effect, and it has an isolating effect on us. That church in California, we'll talk about more of this at the end, it doesn't have a voice in your life. They, don't, they can't share a meal with you. They don't know how to pray for you because they don't know that you're watching their services. The Amazon effect actually can isolate us um, and it can kind of feed into the desire for a grand uh, experience more so than actual participation in the local church, which uh, provides accountability for you, provides um, relational um, uh, strength in your life and is honestly more work. Um, I'm afraid that this, this period of COVID has only, almost by accident, for many of us, amplified uh, watching these online grand services to the expense of our local church. The New Testament actually speaks into this. 1 Corinthians 1, chapters 10, or, uh, verses 10 through 17, Paul says this, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus, that all of you agree there be no divisions among you, but that you, you be not united in the same mind, in the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Right, and he goes on, he says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. And he continues on some more, but really what I want to say here in basic, you know, in general from that passage is, if your faith becomes attached to a personality, you'll hear me say this a lot, especially a virtual one, that will never have personal contact with you, one that via online mediums you can 
click and pick to your own choosing, if that becomes your primary source for the sustenance of your faith in your quote-unquote church participation right now, your faith will only be shaped into whoever that person's image is, or in danger at least of being shaped into that person's image. We have to be aware of this and be cautious of this, as nothing can replace your local church full of local people who know you, with pastors who have walked life with you or want to walk life with you. That is Jesus' design from day one, as he walked with his disciples, as he literally lived life with them. The goal is Jesus. The goal, as Paul said, is the power of the gospel message. The message of the cross is what we are drawn to. The gospel is what keeps us, not a personality. Nothing new. The early church struggled with this. This is nothing new. But the gospel is what keeps us. Secondly, after the Amazon effect, kind of a, a, um, a, a child, if you will, of the Amazon effect can take place, um, almost a byproduct of the Amazon effect. And I think this is maybe my greatest concern. Uh, the third one I'm also concerned with as well. But this one's what I like to call living in the Christian echo chamber room. That's a bad title, but... You get the idea. Now, years ago, I went to Israel, and I think my wife was with me when we, when we did this, but there was this huge Turkish bath, okay? And if you've been to the Middle East, maybe you're familiar with a Turkish bath, but um, it's just a huge room, massive room, with stone walls and stone tables. They're all warmed up and nice, and you just kind of go and lay there, right? You just lay around. It's cozy. It's comfortable, and there's so much space. You just kind of lay around. Now, because it's mostly stone, which kind of makes uh, the, the environment what it is, is the, the stone, um, it's very echoey. And so when we were there, there was probably, I don't know, a dozen of us, half a dozen of us from my class, and we were just kind of there and walking around, and we were just listening to the sound of our own voices. We were, you know, seeking out notes, and my buddy would harmonize with my voice, the notes would ring off the walls, and it just filled up almost like a cathedral sound, right? It just it sounded amazing. It was, it was an echo chamber, essentially, but it, it was beautiful. We loved hearing the sound of our voices echo and harmonize together, and we just laid there and made those noises for like an hour, and it was, it was great. We were comfortable. It was cozy. It was a fun, you know, experience. It was an echo chamber. Now, imagine if you had the opportunity to find a particular Christian preacher, teacher, or leader who shared every single belief that you have, that he agreed or she agreed with everything about, you know, that, that you agree with about life and shared all of your views, and you had the opportunity to sit at that person's feet, that person who you know that whatever they say, you're probably going to say, yeah, I agree, of course, yes, I agree. And when you ask the question, to them, you knew that they would respond and you would, you would almost be able to anticipate the response and say, yes, that's just what I was thinking. Absolutely. This is a Christian echo chamber. And it can easily happen as a, uh, as a product of the Amazon effect because you can find that very gifted Christian preacher or leader online who speaks exactly the things you want to hear. And still, as we said before, that person can't hold you account accountable to anything because they don't know you, but you agree with them, and they agree with you. And you can kind of 
almost, and this is all by accident this stuff happens. Just given time, it's just bad habits can do this to us. We start blocking off any kind of voices that may challenge the things we think, that may challenge the things that we believe or may challenge us individually and personally within our faith. We, we don't like to be challenged, right? We love comfortability, so we start blocking things off, whether we are realizing we're doing it or not, and we're only letting the YouTube algorithm feed us the stuff that it knows that we're going to click on and agree with. And before you know it, you're the one laying in that Turkish bath listening to the sound of your own voice coming out through whatever teacher that you're listening to that is just teaching the things that you already agree with. That is how the Amazon effect can lead to the echo chamber effect. There's another scripture that relates to this, 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 5. For the time is coming when people would not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. They will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Another spinoff from the Yekka Chamber. This is the final one I'll talk about in my, I guess you can call it a three-point sermon. It is called the No Accountability Church Effect that I have been touching on off and on throughout this time. That church you enjoy so much online may actually teach really good truth, even really good gospel truth. Maybe they are really a solid church. However, if that church becomes your primary source for Bible teaching and preaching and your quote-unquote church experience every week, that person in that church will never know you, will never call you out on your sin, they'll never be able to speak hard and difficult truths into your life. They cannot actually intentionally sharpen you as iron sharpens iron, and as Proverbs 27 mentioned of those faithful wounds of a friend, that can't come from them because they don't actually know you. Now this is a summary of my short sermon today. You need to make sure that you are being very intentional about belonging to a local church. You need your average pastors who surround us everywhere, who don't have book deals, who preach Average sermons that aren't being circulated on YouTube, getting hundreds of thousands of views, who aren't very big, influential people in our country, but want to care for you and want to shepherd you. You need to be with those people who are willing and able to spend time with you in your church congregation, pray for you, to get to know you, to listen to you, and by God's help, shepherd you deeper and deeper into Jesus himself. We need to lock arms with those people and even now make disciples of Jesus in our community, in our city. You need your own views and convictions sometimes challenged because none of us have it figured out. And especially because of this, I, I promise you this, every time you, you really uh, intentionally go to Jesus and you say, Lord, I need you to, to push me here. Like I feel stuck and I know i got to grow. There's a lot of just disordered junk in my life. And Jesus, I need you to help me here, to, to, to challenge me, to show me. If, if you come to Jesus with that humble posture, 
that meek posture and you say, Lord, help me right now. He is going to challenge you. He is going to push you. If you let him, if you truly let Jesus just be who he is and you just explore who he is, he will bust up maybe some of the paradigms you have into your own head of your, even your own faith. And you say, wow, this is hard. You're really, this is really difficult, Jesus. And we would say, yeah. A lot of people in the, in the Gospels and they came in front of Jesus, they heard him talk and said, you know, this is really hard, Jesus. Like, this, this is really difficult. And his response was, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to leave me like the rest? When it gets hard, are you going to walk away? Right? And that's the question. We need more Jesus, and what are you going to do when you get him? Right? Are you going to keep pursuing him? And my prayer is that you will. Now, I want to speak directly to our church right now, to Emmanuel, and I want you to hear me out. All of this is really difficult. I feel even isolated. I, I, I countered it. And since Christmas, I haven't even been to one of our services. You know, we've been sick. Um, I had some other people substitute for me, but sickness has just been for weeks and weeks now in our house. And it's, I haven't been to a service since Christmas Eve. I think that's accurate, which is crazy. Um, it's crazy you think about that we have a lot of 2021 left that may be still in this environment, right, of the pandemic. But we know it's not forever. But this is a plea in this unique time that we're living in to be very intentional about how you live out your faith. This is a plea to consider the things you are feeding yourself, what teachers you are spending time, to, uh, time with, and just how involved you are in inviting others from Emmanuel to be in your life to the best of your ability. Has your involvement and intentionality into the body of Christians in Emmanuel, has it gotten less of you than certain other churches and Christian leaders online? Have you accidentally fallen into this Amazon effect? And lastly, are you only listening to the things you agree with? Are you listening to too much maybe Christian fluff that doesn't really bring you to repentance of sin, bring you to Christian action and discipleship and evangelism towards your neighbors? Or have you allowed yourself to maybe fall away more than you ought to have, ought to have from the body of Christ? Consider how you can intentionally pursue your commitment to membership here at Emmanuel. Now, this is not some kind of argument or plea for the sake of the institution of Emmanuel. This is for the spiritual health of you right now, for the well-being of one another. Now, I know we can push through this together. And Emmanuel, be ready. In the next couple of months, I'm going to be preaching hard about Jesus. Hard, because we need more Jesus. We need to grapple with him. We need to ensure that he is getting our total allegiance, that he's getting all of it. That our Lord and King Jesus is getting all of our hearts and our minds and our souls and our strength. You cannot do that alone, apart from your brothers and sisters who know you at your own church. You cannot do that alone. So make phone calls to one another. Pray for one another. Bundle up and go out for a walk in these cold and dark winter months. Come and meet 
at our church building where we have plenty of space to stay apart from one another. Be creative, write emails, write letters to one another. This is a call for perseverance. And let's persevere with Jesus as our ultimate and as our focus. Now, thank you for your time for this brief midweek sermon. Um, Just a reminder that this coming Sunday, we will be joining online. We are starting the Sermon on the Mount, which I'm just fired up for. Cannot wait. Even though I'll be preaching to a camera again, I'm still excited. Uh, So join us online uh, this Sunday at 10 o'clock. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you uh, this weekend.